Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 79 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Today, I am talking to the awesome RJ Theodore. Uh, also known as Rekka, and she is just a delight to talk to. I was on her podcast, the Hybrid Authors Podcast, with Brian Williamson, and Rekka and I go back a ways just, you know, in the internet, online writing community, and it's so nice to put a face to the name, and she is 100% delightful, and I wish we lived closer because we would be pals and hang out. So I know that you're going to enjoy what she has to say about writing and how she writes and um, about her really exciting new book coming out. So stay tuned for that. This is a very short introduction. Um, I am wiped out. It has been um, a personally challenging week. And uh, this weekend, I'm filming this on the 23rd of February. Um, I'm actually at the Indie Uncon in San Francisco. Just got back from that tonight. Two more days of it. And what it is, is this fantastic unconference. It is a kind of an anarchist conference. It's just a bunch of writers, um, hybrid, indie, trad, in, uh, but all of us focusing on indie now. Um, in a room at a hotel. And what happens is we, this morning we broke down what we wanted to talk about, what we wanted to learn, what we wanted to know. And then uh, together as a collective, we decide what to talk about. And the people who determine that they are the most expert in the room get up and teach. And I swear to God, the conference paid for itself in the first hour or two uh, with all of the stuff that I've gotten, just tips and tricks and, and things that I will absolutely share with you as they come up. Um, but I, I'm so brain dead. I can't think of any of them right now. Uh, but it is a very cool idea and I'm enjoying it. But like I said, I am brain dead. So we are going to jump right into the interview after I tell you that, um, for the next few weeks, I'm very much going to try to take March off as I have told you. I am stacking up interviews. They will still be coming on the podcast. You will not miss any, uh, but we won't have this kind of intro. So be advised. But we have some excellent, awesome interviews coming up. Um, in March, I'm going to be in Barcelona for a while, and then I'm going to have a little staycation at home. Uh, I was talking to my friend Vanessa Kier today, and, and she said, I'm so excited for your March vacation. And this was at the UnCon. And... I was like, oh, God, but now I'm at the Ungon and I have all of these ideas, you know, to write and to do and to market and to how can I possibly take a month off? And and uh, my friend Adrian Bell was, you know, just let it go. We don't have to do everything today. And I do want to make that point in the indie world or just in the writing world today. There is the focus on you must produce six books a fortnight. Yeah, roughly every two weeks, you should produce six or seven books of 100,000 words. So I don't know why you're not doing that. I'm doing that. Aren't you doing that? Uh, We can all chill out. There are people still making bank, putting books out every four to six weeks. And 
I'm not going to be one of those people because I really love my life. I love my dogs. I love my wife. I love my sisters. I love my friends. I want to spend time with them. So I am remembering to breathe. I am reminding you to breathe. Readers are always going to be out there. The millennials will not let us down. They're reading. Don't worry. Um, It's all going to be okay. Write your books. Take your time. Take a breath. Rachel, take March off. Um, Man, is that impossible for me to think about. So it is an excellent challenge. Excellent challenge. And uh, so I will actually be talking to you in person again at the end of March or beginning of April. Um, Until then, enjoy the interviews. Right now, enjoy the awesome interview with Rekka. And please tweet me while I'm gone. I'm going to miss you guys. Facebook me. Send me emails. Tell me what you're up to. So that is all. Happy, happy writing to you. And we will talk not soon, but, you know, soon enough. Good luck. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. All right, well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome my friend Rekka. Hi, Rekka. Hello, Rachel. How you doing? I'm so happy to have you here today. This is excellent. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm happy you. to be here. Hey, I'll give you a little introduction. Uh, Rekka, who writes as RJ Theodore, is a multi-talented creative from New England. By day, she is a graphic designer, and by the pre-dawn light, she works on her science fiction, fantasy, and steampunk genre novels. She enjoys all forms of artistic expression, napping with her cats, yes, I feel that one, and <laughs> cooking. Her novel, Flotsam, releases March 20th. 7th 2018 so yay coming out any minute now it's like it's momentarily how do you feel about it oh, I have lots of feels <laughs> this has been a long one in the making I, I started it 15 years ago and it has um, it's changed a lot since its uh, original inception but the fact that it's actually happening and we um, we just finished reviewing the um, the quality control files for the audiobook oh wow and so that's like locking in all those revisions because as my publisher knows I could I could revise forever like I I could always just you know nibble at that sentence a little yep. bit or, or something so um, but if you yeah, want so the whisper sink in right, exactly you well, got I it. guess it's something like there's a certain percentage that you can deviate from your written in your audio and because of the length of my novel there's actually a lot of room oh so I could go in and change a whole chapter <laughs> if I it. want to no. <laughs> no, I, I can hear my publisher's hair falling out from here <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah. well I would love to know because you are busy balancing this crazy busy life how mm-hmm. do you get your writing done what is your writing process uh, well, as you read off my bio, I write in the pre-dawn hours. Um, so what I, time does the alarm go off? The alarm goes off at five. Nice. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I actually, I have these, um, th- these, they're like headphones. They look like an iPod. Um, and they're UV lights, which you plug into your ear and it helps wake your brain up. It, it shines full spectrum light what? into your ear to, um, to reach your brain. 
And um, so it, it gets to your brain without it having to go through your eyes. Because I don't know if you've ever seen those daylight bulbs for um, yeah, I've like seen them. seasonal affective disorder. Um, they're just painful to look at. You can't do anything while they're on because you just blind yourself. So um, these plug directly into your ear. And according to the manufacturers, they, they go straight there's, there's, you know, enough light gets to your brain and gets to the right centers and, and it puts you in a good spot for the day. So it does help wake me up. So um, do you sleep with them in? No, no, no. You just put them on when you get up. And, um, therefore people who travel across time zones a lot. So yeah. for jet lag and therefore people who work night shifts and that sort of thing. And I can't um, believe I've never heard of this before. And I, I have will to send get you them. a link yes. called the human charger. Oh my gosh. And, that is fascinating. Yeah. And we got it for my husband who has depression yeah. and, um, I, you know, he's not up when I get up. So I, I use them to help me wake up in the morning because I drink mostly decaf coffee. So I try to <laughs> that's stay not going to do the trick. <laughs> yeah. I try to stay away from most caffeine too. Although I've gotten into yeah. a little bit of a coffee rod recently. So yeah, when you get up, I'm just it. But, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, so where do well, you go? I don't, I don't skip the coffee. Don't you worry. I just, <laughs> I drink it for the taste. Yeah. 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 So but then no. where do you go when you write? Are you in the house or do you go? I write in the house because coffee shops aren't open when I get yeah, up in the morning. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and actually I tried, um, I run the, the writers group in my area. So there were a couple people who are closer to me than the normal group, which is across the County from me. And I recently tried to go write at a Starbucks early in the morning. That was late for me, but mm-hmm. early for most people, um, from six to nine on a Saturday. And it was in the middle of winter and those glass panel windows, they have around Starbucks are very drafty <laughs> and this yeah. is this is a Starbucks that's got two full walls of windows versus the one that I go to on my lunch sometimes which is just one wall and I can sit far away from the door but this one has two doors one on each side and it was about 20 degrees in there and the heat didn't kick on before I left and in addition there were only two power outlets in that Starbucks that is not acceptable. not yeah it hasn't been renovated since the digital revolution and no that didn't work out so well so I have no no temptation um only because there are no good coffee shops in my area there are lots of good coffee shops a half hour away but I'm not gonna drive a round trip of an hour during my writing time in the morning just so, to get writing done yeah so I have an office and we are actually in the process of getting a writing shed set up in the yard so we get our guest room back in the office as it is now and I'll have a, a quieter writing space so there's uh, less cats at the door and kitchen noises and that kind of stuff so tell but, me about yeah. the writing shed because that's that's one of my primary goals in the future yeah it was on my bucket get one list. of those I I first got the idea, um, I saw it on Chuck Wendig's blog, and he's got one. Mm -hmm. And of course, he's not the first one to do one, but he's the first one that I ever saw create a a shed in the yard as a space that could be sealed off and air conditioned and all that and set up for writing. And um, so that inspired it. And I'd say it's probably been about 18 months since I saw that and I'm going to have one now. Are you getting a prefab or are you building yourself? um, it's not like when you'd see in a Home Depot parking lot, mm-hmm. but, it, but it is going to come assembled. It's, um, you know, it's wood and it's two by fours and all that kind of stuff. And so we'll, we'll get the electrician who's our neighbor and he'll come wire it up and, and we'll set it up and he'll have like a little dominion. It's just going to be really, fantastic. really fantastic. Yeah. I yeah, love I it. I can't believe that it went from my bucket list to happening really, really fast. <laughs> But it was one of those sort of law of attraction things where they say like, oh, just just act like you're going to do the things you want. So I started doing it and then 
all of a sudden it was in the works and it's happening. So that's funny okay. how that happened. You'll yeah. have to share a picture with me when you get it. Oh get yeah, it no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be chronicling the whole process. Cause of course we're going to have to, and it just, well, see, this is the thing. It's coming soon. So is my book. And so in the middle of launch, I will be out in the yard, you know, like trying to finish this thing. So it'll be a good distraction, but hopefully, um, I will have time to finish it. It doesn't just sit there until October or something. I absolutely love it. I love it. I love it's it. Fear. I, have a, I have a very happy, healthy jealousy going on. Someday. someday <laughs> well, I will, I will share it with you. <laughs> you can you can come visit and sit with okay. me and we can do writing sessions at five o'clock in the morning. Okay. I'm in. Except okay. for the five o'clock right. part. <laughs> well, you can borrow my human charger too. <laughs> I'm going to get me one of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Um, Distraction. Yeah. Easily distraction. Um, I have a day job. That's the I writing do. shed idea. Yes, that's right? the writing shed. And and we actually um we're huge Ghostbusters fans, so we're naming the writing shed the containment unit. Because it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be red. And um I'm getting a bulb for the outside of it that can be turned on red and another one that's green. So when I'm podcasting it'll be red and when it's green trap is clean that's so people will know that they can come out and talk to me <laughs> brilliant and hilarious i love it thank you yeah so um distraction i need to be shut up in a small box um to get my stuff done and then um harder for me is i also do freelance graphic design so the same computer i write on is also full of stuff that i owe people yeah. you know and so i always try to turn things around as fast as i can i even not just to get it off my plate but because i hate the idea that someone else is waiting on me to do their job that drives me up the wall so that is also a big um distraction point because it's really easy to procrastinate from writing if you're in the middle of like a challenging scene or you're just not feeling it and you should, oh well i owe that person a business card anyway i'm just gonna go work on that i have so, to right i have to <laughs> and then it'll be done and i can cross it off my list there's nothing like the dopamine rush of crossing something off your list if yes you, i have a feeling you know what i'm talking about I do. <laughs> adding things to your list that you've already done just so you can cross them off i do it every day yes, yes. absolutely so here's a question for you are you going to do your freelance job out in the writing shed or is that going to be primarily just for writing it will probably also be done out in the shed just because the computer setup you yeah. know i've got three computers right now but two of them are aging out and so i um I w i'm thinking i'm not sure i wanted to i figured out that i was going to have to upgrade my computer soon when i went to upgrade to scrivener 3 and i couldn't oh, on no. my my main writing machine yeah because it's a 2009 mac pro so uh yeah so and if i want to move up in the world of scrivener and there were some features i saw on one of my other machines i was like oh i want that feature but you know so i have to upgrade my main computer if i'm going to do that so i'm thinking of moving to an ipad for my mobile writing and then getting oh. a high-powered laptop that i can take with me if i have to but is mostly going to live on my desk oh normally Normally, I keep my design machine as a as a desktop just because they tend to have more power to them and can handle the load of all the Adobe programs. That makes total sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's that will still be a challenge out there. But I have a feeling, at least during the honeymoon phase of the um, of having a new shed, I will be like, no, this is my writing shed. I'm not going to do that out here. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. What is your um, what's your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Um hearing from people who read my stuff and enjoyed it. It is really the best thing ever. That's why I do it. You know, um, if I wanted to become a full-time writer, there's no way I would have traditionally published my novel, you know, like the, the self-publishing gets you the biggest 
kitching for your words, but um, yeah. I really have enjoyed working with the team on this and their enthusiasm is, is awesome. And I'm, and the people that they find to read it, their enthusiasm is awesome. And I just really like to jump up and down about my stories with other people. Who what, have a, read this book. what a great way to say it too. Who is your publisher again? I can't forget. I, uh, I forgot this. Parvis Press. Okay. Awesome. Oh, that's so yep. exciting. Yeah. They're, they're a little indie publisher and they are just like the most passionate people. I tell you, the friends that I have had that have gone with the small, the smaller indie presses are so happy. They are yeah. just so happy yeah. as opposed to, you know, like I, 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 I have liked being traditionally published with some of the bigger houses, but you're such an anonymous member of the, mm-hmm. the masses to them. You're not special. Like, you're, you're just not. Yeah, I um I went to Sifwa's Nebula Awards last year mm-hmm. and I saw a lot of authors there who were with Tor and I did not see that experience for them but then these were the people that were coming for the awards so they might have been more to Tor than a number um but yeah. I, I hear good things about Tor I do too um, actually but yeah that's that's one publisher and one genre so it's it's I wish it applied to everybody. I, ho- I wish everybody had an awesome experience and got exactly what they wanted out of the writing. That would be the best. I would like that for everybody in everything. Everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Let's just all be happy. <laughs> well, what is the absolute best or worst writing advice you've ever been given? So I have two Yay. Um, general ones that you hear, and I have one personal one. Awesome. Lamb so I don't know if you want all of them. I want or- all of them. Yeah. All right. Okay. So <laughs> the first... First one is, um, and it, I'm, it may yet prove to be true, but uh, don't publish your first book because that's exactly what's coming out. Great. <laughs> you know, in a I few days, love it it's when my I, first book. I love it when I see that refuted. I really, really yeah. do. Well, it's not that I just wrote it and I'm publishing it. It's I've put in my million words, right. you know, as they say, definitely over and over the 15 years it's been, right. it's been built up and stripped back down and built back up and stripped back down. So um, I like to think that even though it is the first title that I ever wrote, it is far from the first book. Oh, but, I yeah, like that way of looking at it. That's, yeah, that's I mean, it has changed a lot. There's there's a couple of characters whose names haven't changed. And um, one of my antagonist groups hasn't changed. But beyond that, like it was completely reshaped several times. Ooh, so, okay. um, so I guess don't my advice in that case would be I'd flip it around. Just like don't publish it till it's done. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Don't imagine that, right? <laughs> How about don't publish your first draft? Yeah, well, draft. yeah, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> definitely. I think that, definitely that could be law. What else? Do you yeah. Have? Um, well, the see the second one I forgot because I thought of it on the way home after I wrote my notes to this. Um, so we'll say it's um, that you don't have to write every day. But I know that this is a pet peeve of yours. So I won't linger on it long. I will just say that um, for me, I need to be a writer every day, whether or not I'm writing 2000 words or I'm just, I need to be in that headspace every oh, day. That, that. That's who I am in my, in my goals. So that's who I'm going to be today. So that's, that's would, the twist on that one. I would absolutely subscribe to that. I am exactly the same way. That is, yeah. that's a really beautiful way to say it. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And then, so the third one, the personal one, um, since I write science fiction, uh, we probably don't have to debate that science fiction has long been dominated by um, straight white men as as a genre. And so 
in a previous draft before it went to Parvis, a, I got the feedback from straight white men that um, the pronouns that some of my characters used were distracting from the story. I, my eyeballs just hurt. Yeah, yeah, they get some, you're getting the <laughs> workout there. As I rolled. <laughs> and so the reason it was the worst writing advice I got was because I followed it. Oh. And so up until a certain point, while it was in the process of, of finishing with Parvis, um, I had just changed a couple characters or, you know, I changed some pronouns. They were non-binary mm-hmm. and I made them very binary and very male dominated. And, um, and it was a mistake. And thankfully in the process of revising the book, um, I got the fantastic advice from people who are passionate and know that it's not about, you know, pleasing the white men because they've got enough books that'll please them. And that it was about like, and, and the question that my, my publisher Colin asked me, he was like, are those who you, do you care if they like your book? So, um, so in a sense, I got good advice from Colin after following the bad advice to, um, to basically censor myself and uh, deny the truth of the characters that I had uh, as I'd written them. Gorgeous. I love that. I had, I had the experience recently, speaking of Chuck Wendig, um, mm-hmm. my wife was reading uh, one of his Star Wars novels. Yes, I, read, I read the trilogy. Yeah. yeah. And she mm-hmm. was really sick. So I was reading it out loud to her and, just the experience of reading a non a gender non-binary character with disease and the Zers really, mm-hmm. it was very affecting to me. I, yeah. I tremendously appreciated it. And actually saying it out loud was a different experience than just reading it. And um, Definitely. so fantastic. Yeah. And it was fantastic to hear. Cause I just, like I said, I just finished um, proofing my audiobook. Yeah. Uh, read, read by Mary Robin at Kowal, who did an amazing job. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, and, <laughs> and she okay, like, got a little giddy when you yeah, said that. <laughs> okay. So now I have you to uh, hang on. Bit. I need a minute. Um, <laughs> I did. I started crying at one point listening <gasps> oh, to it. Um, I bet. she got, there was a line and I'm like, I'm hearing, I'm like, I know it's coming up and I get to the line and I hear her read it and I'm just like, Oh, she got it. Oh my gosh, she got it. You know? Oh my, I'm getting a little of a clip just thinking about yes, it. Yes, exactly. Like I'm tearing up now thinking about it. I can't stop grinning. So, um, yeah, so I'm very, very happy with that. But she, she read this has been corrected and has the non-binary um, pronouns in it. And um, I was a little nervous about how they would sound out loud um, because, I, you know, she's, she's sag after she's amazing. I'm not going to tell her how to pronounce every vocabulary word in the book. Right. So I, there was a little of, um, wondering how it was going to sound. And then she, um, she said it and it was natural. She understood where it was coming from and it was just perfect. It was just so fantastic to hear that. So I don't listen to much audio if uh, in terms of fiction, but I might have to listen to this one. So. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I can um, recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Can you share a quick craft tip of any sort with us? Um, so uh, we just talked about hearing these things out loud. My craft tip would be um, read your work out loud to yourself before you send it on to anybody else. Um, you, you and I talked that. about this recently. Yeah, I really, really try. Sometimes it's hard at five o'clock in the morning, um, but I really at least 
yeah, if I'm about to send it off to somebody else whose time is going to be spent on it, I respect that time that I'm not going to send them something that I haven't even taken a really close look at. And we, when we read over our drafts on paper, we see exactly what we think is there. Mm -hmm. So you don't see double words, missing words, wrong character names, or anything like that. But if you are reading it out loud, you're forcing yourself to process it in a different way. And just like I don't write well dictating, even though I wish I did, because that would be fantastic, because it's a different brain process. Mm -hmm. So when you say it, you're using a different part of your brain and you're just looking at it in a different way and you're going to catch things that that poor person whose time you were going to, um, you know, send after your, your manuscript, they won't have to catch the obvious stuff and, and they can give you, um, more focused time and, and time that's going to give you stuff like, you know, never put it on someone else. Don't kick the can. Don't pass the buck. Just do the best you can before you bring in someone else. So that that's is, what I that say. That is great about. advice. Um, the times that I, I, I always want to do, we've talked about this on, on your show, on the hybrid mm-hmm. author podcast. Um, but, but, uh, I always want to, but the times that I do, I, I find it even more useful when I print it out and I'm, or looking at it on the Kindle and reading it out loud yeah. rather than from the screen. Cause even then I think if it's from the screen where I've seen this project 1 million times, even when I read it out loud, I don't catch them. It has to be in a 100%. different kind of format. Yeah. yeah. I just, um, Again, I just proofed my audiobook and I proofed it against the print proof so that I was proofing two things at once. What a great idea. And, and I printed that sucker. You know, I, I printed 420 pages just to make sure that I was doing this in the most physically present way that I could mm. because just doing it off a screen, it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, this sounds good. I'm going to be over here, you know, like checking my email or something like that. No, this is like focus. Now, my neck doesn't appreciate that I spent three straight days bending over my my binder of printouts. But um, yeah, if you remove yourself and for some reason, it always works so well when you're um, you're in a media that you can't immediately change something that you catch. I don't know. The Kindle, you can't fix it right, right. there if you catch something. The um, the printouts, you can't. All you can do is make a note and put a sticky tab on the page or, you know, dog ear the corner or something. And for some reason, I don't know if, if that's why it's like your brain torturing you. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it makes a difference. It's like if, if you can't fix it right away, you just have to keep going and make a note. Uh, like I catch twice as much stuff. Me easily. too. And if it, and if anybody listening doesn't know the little Kindle uh, trick that uh, it seems like a lot of people don't know is that you can hold down and highlight within the book and you can also right. make notes within the book. Usually I will just highlight something because I know that my brain yeah, you'll will know remember what, come back when to I go it. back. But yeah. if I'm, if I'm not, if I'm a tiny bit concerned, I might not remember. I make a little note inside the Kindle. Right. So. If it's a typo or repeated word, missing word, whatever, um, then I highlight, but um, just because, um, like, you know, you're reading it, you're trying to stay in the moment or it's bedtime or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I want to keep going. Um, and, but I wasn't sure how useful that would be to me as a writer, because I thought I'd have to export my notes or something like that, but you can actually reread the book just going by your highlights. And so it's, it's actually easier than having post-its on a printout. I, I honestly think it is too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Um, when you have self doubt or dark days, how do you deal with it? Um, I am kind of like a whole law of attraction type of person. So my, um, my belief is that I've got to 
believe in the day that I'm not feeling that way, which sounds super easy and, and like overly simplified, but basically I focus on the good things. I focus on, um, how I need to act or feel in order to like reach my goals and be the person that I want to be and and bring that into my life in the present. And if I can't find any of that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes that happens too. Um, I just try to turn those dark thoughts around on themselves and like, you know, again, this is how I'm feeling because I know I want to feel like this. And then I don't know, like I just, sometimes it's just picking myself up on my bootstraps. It doesn't always work, but that's, that's where I, that's where I try to go these days. And it does seem to work like yeah, 80% of the time. I have a big belief in the whole fake it till you make it. Exactly. That, that is basically, I mean, except don't believe you're faking it. You right. Know? Exactly. You're already there and, and that's law of attraction. So, yeah. I mean, call it what you will, but yeah, that's, I find that so effective. I, when I was probably 24 or so, I was such a painful introvert. It was just painful. Like I, I had a problem like walking down streets and making mm-hmm. eye contact and making small talk. And I just decided one day I am going to pretend I'm an extrovert. And it was yeah. one of the most painful things I've ever done. It took a few years, but I would Mm -hmm. pretend I was an extrovert. And now, you know me, I really have a host of a podcast. You're bubbly and you're wonderful. And you just go to auditions and get (laughs) join a band. And if you told my 24 year old self that would ever happen, I would never have believed it. And I really lied my way into that. And now it is true, you know? Yeah. But it did take me a while to believe it. <laughs> that was not. Well, well, lie to yourself if you need to. You <laughs> yeah, know, we're yeah. writers. We can sell fiction. <laughs> exactly. And I do. We we write fiction yeah. that is that are all lies and they're the most mm-hmm. true things we know. Exactly, because yeah. it comes from somewhere. It comes from yeah. a desire of it being the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now my uh, dog is gonna growl and I love around. it. Sorry. Oh. You might even you might even see her throwing I saw toys. the ball go flying up in the air <laughs> over your shoulder. I, I thought maybe Lala was in the background <laughs> tossing it for her or something. She is at home. She could be. Okay. <laughs> um, sitting on the floor but under your elbow or something like that, just tossing. She waves, the raises a hand. <laughs> That's what we should have planned. Oh, um, that would be great. <laughs> on really bad days, if you couldn't do your day job and you couldn't do your uh pre-morning day job mm-hmm. what would you do well I do love being a graphic designer but um I would also uh, two things the the realistic thing is to run a small coffee shop oh I just why? I love the smell and um when I was 16 my first job was at a, a frozen yogurt store that also had like one of the espresso bars built in and I just thought the coffee was like I don't know it felt so I don't know. I don't know. It was just awesome. And I loved making the coffee in the morning and I loved making people's cappuccinos. And I know that anyone who's worked at a coffee shop will say that I am out of my mind for. You are. I spent spent my entire service career avoiding learning how to work in an espresso machine. And I have to say I succeeded. I still have never run one. I do not want to. So mad respect. (laughs) I, I, it just, it clicked with me. And in that job, I, I took summer morning hours. So I was alone from Uh opening, you know, pre-opening until just before or after lunch, depending on the schedule. And so it was just me. So it wasn't like, um, you know, I was 16. I had people asking if I owned the place. Um, Cause when I was 16, I looked the same age I do now. So people now think I'm younger than I am, but at 16, I looked the same. So, um, so I guess it was believable. So yeah, or maybe it was just the fact that I hustled around the place and got stuff done. But, um, yes, I just loved it. And, and it was 
probably the solitary nature of it. It was yeah. just, I, I ran the place and I ran it well and I handled the lunch and the breakfast rushes. And then around that, I just cleaned constantly right. and I cranked the radio up because there was nobody in there. Oh, that sounds lovely. It's actually a nice job. So yeah. And if I ran the coffee shop, I'd never get in trouble for that. If the boss walked in. <laughs> exactly. Well, it happen. What's your, what's your other job that you uh, would think about? Oh, oh, astronaut. Absolutely. Really? But like, paleontologist astronaut you can do that right <laughs> i think you should i think one should be able to i think you should be able to so I you would going to now. so you would go into space <laughs> okay so i thought i would and then there was that episode of the x files where there was a, a ghostly alien face that appeared in a rainy windshield and that, that like <laughs> that put me off i was i was headed for space camp and nasa and that just was like mm, nope never mind i'm done um but yeah, no, I think I'd go back now because now I write about aliens and they're, and they're, they're lovely and, and great conversationalists. And they're your aliens. Yeah. And they're my yeah. aliens. That's the, and those are the ones out there, right? Oh, of course, the only ones out there. Of course. <laughs> For some reason, the whole idea of space just scares the crap out of me. I can't even, I can't even imagine. Whereas my wife would do it in a heartbeat. She would go to Mars. Would your 24 year old self have, have rather joined a band or auditioned for a band or gone to space? Band, 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 band. Really? Okay. So, yeah. she, so people, other people weren't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. At that point, I just, yeah. I just didn't think any of them would ever like me, you know? Oh, so I, yeah, no, I, I, that's every day. Myself. That's just yeah. every day of our lives. Yeah, that's just, everyone. And I think that is just put a smile yeah. on your face. If you feel like, if you like smiling, don't smile if you don't want to. And, um, you know, put on the expression you want to have on your face and and make it happen. I think that you and I are very alike in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why when you were like, oh, do you want to talk to me again in a week? I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Get those <laughs> boys out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Girl talk. Well, tell me what the best book is that you've read recently and why did you um, love it? Recently, um, because I was apparently thinking I wouldn't hear enough of Mary Robinette Kowal's voice, I listened to <laughs> Ghost Talkers, which she both wrote and narrated. So I just listened to her audiobook of Ghost Talkers. And that is a World War One sweet romance with Hellboyish BPRD twists. And it's a murder mystery. So it's just really cool. It hits a lot of buttons. That sounds yeah, so That face is entirely fun. appropriate. It is so much fun. Yeah. Oh, and I just love her as a person so much too. Like, yes. so. Yes. Oh, that's neat. Okay. That's going on my list. Thank you. Yeah. Used to. So tell us about that. Flotsam, please. And where can we find oh. this? Where can we find you? All of this stuff. Tell us. Okay. So Flotsam. Which the right? cover is incredible. And you did it, right? I, I'm remembering no, this correctly. No, no, no. I, um, I was originally thinking that I might. And my mother was encouraging me to draw my own my own cover. Because I do. I, I used to do a lot more illustration than I do now as a writer. But this uh, cover illustration is by Julie Dillon. That's who is so award-winning and earned every single one of them. She does amazing stuff. And, um, and I, I actually commissioned her before I submitted my book to Parvis because I knew that her, she was going to be on my cover because before Parvis, this was going to be self-published. Yeah. And um, so the cover was already in place. And one of my fears was that Parvis wasn't going to want to use it, but they were like, Oh no, absolutely. That's a fantastic cover. And they're like, and we'll use her, you know, for the sequel. So, oh, that's, that's so that's cool. Great. But I did, I did do the typography. I was just going to say the, 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 um, the, the font on Flotsam is mm-hmm. insane. I love and, it. It's, um, well, I did the, the little red smushy, like wax seal kind of texture behind it. Um, the font itself is called charcuterie 
which is very appropriate for anyone who knows me is that I love meat and cheese. So charcuterie, I, I don't, I wasn't looking for that, but when it was named charcuterie, I sent it to Colin. I was like, um, so I think I'm going to use this font, but I can't tell if I'm biased or not. It's fantastic. I love it. Okay. So now, yeah. and we'll be able to find it everywhere, right? Tell us, tell us a little bit oh, about the book. Yeah. So Flotsam, in Flotsam, my, um, my blue collar airship captain and her crew of salvagers get caught between selfish gods and enigmatic aliens who are um, both hell bent, apparently, on destroying their planet for a second time. And yeah, so um, there's friendships that are tested, their beliefs that are tested and, um, and stuff blows up. That's So so cool. That's you. Yeah, I'm so very cool. excited about this book. I, I just, I, I shamelessly straddle genre on this one. And um, I'm so thrilled that Parvis was willing to take on that challenge of a not neatly marketable, you know, like I don't fit neatly in with Star Wars. I don't fit neatly in with like corsets and lace. Um, but I, I think anybody who opens the book will really, really enjoy it. I just, can't wait to read it. I am it really is looking forward to it. Center, so um, if you like strong characters, kick-ass female captains, and yeah yes yes and airships who what is what is not to like (laughs) hey i couldn't find anything i'm deprivizing it (laughs) and where can we find you i am at um Mm rjtheodore.com i am also these are just pointer domains but i'm also at sporkpunk.com and baconshanksf.com um Everyone in my life is a is an unapologetic domain name collector. So. <laughs> <laughs> and on Instagram and Twitter, I am at Bitty Bitty Zap. And awesome. um, on Facebook, I am RJ Theodore, which is a page as well as a profile. So Perfect. I am out there. Well, Rekha, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Um, I'm so glad to see you again. I find you exciting and inspiring. And I am very glad to have made your acquaintance and your friendship. Feeling is absolutely mutual. Thank you for everything and all your your writing guides. And I've been listening to um, how do you write for like ages and ages and ages. So yay. Yay. Even though it's a young podcast and you're a young woman, it hasn't been ages. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's been millennia. millennia. But that's one of those things that I just keep coming back to my gratitude for having that podcast and making these kind of connections. So yeah. my life just gets better and better because of it. So yeah. thank you. And mine too. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Well, we'll talk soon and happy Definitely. writing to you. Happy writing to you, ma'am. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.